Hey everybody, this is Daryl Worley, and you're streaming the Gaining Fast on Memphis podcast with Jillian and Aaron Stride. Welcome to the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver, brought to you by Arlo Revolution. Each week, Aaron connects melodies and memories with fans and artists from all genres of life. When all else in life is gone, only music will be left to leave the legacy of life's adventures. Please welcome your host for the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast, Aaron Shriver. Hello and welcome everyone to season six of the Gaining Fast on Memphis podcast, a place where you connect memories and melodies. I'm your host, Aaron Schreiber. And I'm your co-host, Jillian Schreiber. Our mission tonight is to provide a platform for motivated singers, songwriters, passionate fans, or someone who's making a difference in and around the music community. We hope everyone listening leaves inspired with a positive outlook and begins connecting their own memories to melodies. Tonight we are presented by our good friends at Arlo Revolution, cinematic wedding films, music videos, and promos. You can find them at arlorevolution.com, One Tree Planted. For every 1,000 downloads of the show, we do plant a tree with one tree planted. Download the show today on all your favorite podcast apps. And then Poddex. Poddex are the hottest tool to get your next great interview. Unique interview questions in the palm of your hand. Our two on-screen sponsors tonight is Art on a, Har- art on a Higher Wire by Joelle. Original custom artwork inspired by your life moments, treasured photos, and memories. And Shed Services. At Shed Services, we offer a full range of maintenance services depending on your needs. Find them at ShedServices.com. Looking for ways to support or sponsor Gaining Fast on Memphis, then please head over to our Patreon page. Tier start just a dollar. Uh, if Patreon is something you cannot do at the time, the next best way to support the show is to like, share, review, and subscribe anywhere you can find us. We're live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central on YouTube and Facebook. And it's always funny because you can interact with your favorite guests and ask questions. And just It's always a good time to interact with the show live because then you actually get to see us make some fumbles every here and there. So it's always a good time. <laughs> Live is always a good way to go. But check out gainingfastonmemphis.com uh, for constant reviews, photos, playlists, links, and more. We just posted a really cool one the last couple of days. If you guys got to see probably one of our biggest interviews, like in-person interviews we got to do, we got to hang out with Sarah Evans Saturday night. It was amazing. So a lot of fun. I got to talk with Sarah Evans. Go check it out on YouTube and all over the place. It's awesome. But tonight, I'm excited because have you guys seen for 139 episodes, we've probably, well, I don't know if it's been here for 139 episodes, but we've always had the West Virginia Stein behind us, the West Virginia Colors. And one day I'm scrolling through TikTok and see this guy playing a fiddle with this big West Virginia sign behind him. And I just fell in love, fell in love with his playing. And I started digging into more about this guy's story. And tonight we are welcoming Philip Bohm for episode 139. The West Virginia native has burst onto the scene with his TikTok fiddle, fiddle videos, with his hardworking artist, has much more to his story. And tonight we are honored to discuss the memories and melodies that make up his journey. So we're going to go ahead and welcome Philip on. What's up, buddy? How you doing tonight? Hey, hey, hey. what's going on? How are y'all doing? Good, good. You can hear us okay, right? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you loud and clear. I love that, man. Yeah, dude, like I was saying, I was been so excited to have you on just because... We have roots, uh, same roots. I've never actually lived in West Virginia, but my entire life I was going there and visiting my family that live in the northern panhandle there in Wheeling. Love and it. I'd spend months in the summer with my uncle, and he's finally retiring at the end of this year, which is crazy. If you ever went through Wheeling and saw a concert, you probably saw it as an arena. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Congrats to your uncle for retiring. That's a big deal. Man, dude, it's almost been a 40-year career for him, so it's been awesome. But Amazing. Dude, I like to start the show off the same every week, and uh, 
we connected on music. So I want to know how music enter or kind of found you in a way. Like your first yeah. kind of taste of music. What well, your parents might have been listening to kind of growing up. And then I always like to take into maybe some of the little fun, like your first concert experience as well. Yeah. Um, I think those kind of things are, are kind of intertwined because I grew up in a very musical household. You know, my dad did all the music at our church growing up, and then like my sister played the piano, my brother also also plays the fiddle, and then I grew up in a very you know, musical part of the country in terms of, you know, it's Appalachia. So it feels like everywhere people go, they bring their instruments and they sit down and do their thing. And I, I'm not sure this counts as the first concert, but like when I was little, you know, my parents, you know, used to go to the symphony orchestra stuff. So we did that. I have good memories of that from when I was younger, but my first intro to like, kind of like Appalachian music, folk Americana country was this thing called the Vandalia gathering every year in Charleston. It was a big bluegrass Americana festival and there's all these like, you know, music contests and performances and these groups will perform. And so I was going to that since I was like five or six years old. I would always play in the fiddle contest and I would meet all these super cool musicians like that way. So that's my first like vivid memory of, of music for sure. I, I love that, man. And especially growing up in West Virginia, it, it's a different breed of music out there. dude. Yeah. That's why I love yeah. that you're bringing that. And uh, I know there's a couple of other guys coming up the chain now. Yeah. Uh, this is blowing up the music from that area which is is oh, i love it <laughs> yeah it's it's awesome it's like a good mix of like there's like some like crazy like scottish and irish elements to it because of like where it is in the background and then it's folksy it's bluegrassy so it's it's special it's good stuff so when you started started playing when how old were you when you picked up your fiddle and started kind of just messing around or what made you kind of say this is what i want to do yeah i mean big shout out to sesame street <laughs> you know i was i was like i was like four i think i was four years old and i was watching sesame street and this guy a famous violinist named itzak perlman was on the show and mm-hmm. i started bugging my mom like i want to play the violin i want to play the violin and so she's like okay like i wouldn't let it go as a four-year-old does so like i wouldn't let it go and there's a small uh community college in montgomery west virginia where i grew up called west virginia tech mm-hmm. and uh the music department had there played the oboe he didn't even play the violin but he knew music so, uh, you know, shout out to Dr. Meyer. He's long retired, but uh, he's like, well, I could teach him the basics. And so that's how, that's how I got started. So I've been playing since I was four. Did, so what was the, did you have any techniques, man, that kind of like some people were like, oh, I, I read Tablature Book with the guitar and this and that. Anything that stuck with you that really is like, all right, this helped me learn and this helped me kind of stay on track. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think if you're a musician that wants to get good at playing, like to... Uh, be great at playing by ear and improvising. You know, obviously the classical training is more important. So the, the better your theory is, the better you can be at improvisation because you know the rules of the game. Um, and, you know, one exercise that I used to do when I was a kid, you know, I would used to just put my little iPod shuffle on and I would just go from song to song to song and I'd see how long it took me to like, you know, add to what I was hearing. And as soon as I figured it out, I would go to the next song and then the next song, the next song. And it's like a good ear challenge. It helps you find keys really quickly and express your, like have a conversation with the song as it were. So that, that's, it, that worked well. Was it easy transition going and playing guitar then like from fiddle? Like cause you learned fiddle first, right? Yeah. Fiddle first guitar in college. Okay. So now how, how about guitar? Now when you picked that <laughs> up for the first time, did you have any techniques to help you or how did you learn how to play guitar? I first learned from a few friends that played because I would go play with buddies at like, you know, I went to college at like near Clearwater Beach in Florida. And so I just noticed, I was like, man, when these guys pull up their guitar and start singing, like, you know, 
all the girls on campus and the girls that like people just flocked around. And I was like, okay, I need some, I need like whatever it is you're doing, like teach me how to do that. And I really wanted to be able to like play and sing at the same time, you know, cause like yeah. I love telling stories. Mm-hmm. And so I had a few friends like just teach me some of the basics. And then when I was 18, that first summer after college, my dad bought me my first guitar. It was like a, a Fender student acoustic guitar. Yep. You know, and I, there was some DVD of some old guy in a ponytail showing you how to play with chords. And so I just all summer, I just like was going crazy on the guitar. And it took, it took me a couple months to get the hang of the chording versus like the single notes. But once I got it, I felt like I got it a little more quickly. Did you have any similarities that you kind of stuck with you between the two instruments or was it completely two different games? Pretty much. <laughs> uh, it's it's it, there are things that are similar, but what was different for me too, like the the things that are similar are like. You're with your right with your right hand. As my mom shouts, my mom. Um, with, you know, with, with, your, with your right hand, you're strumming, and with the right hand, with the fiddle, you're bowing. So like mm-hmm. it's it's your it's your rhythm hand stays the same. So that's good. Um, but you know the left hand is completely different because mm-hmm. on the fiddle, every little like sixteenth of an inch is a different note. So you have to be super hyper ultra precise to get the right notes. Whereas the guitar is a little more forgiving because you got all the space in the frets and everything. Yeah, I love you that. know. I used to try Very to play cool. a guitar, and Very man, cool. I, I own probably about half a dozen guitars. And I can't play no more. <laughs> it's fun to collect them, though, man. It's fun to collect them. That's for sure. It's fun to try every now and then. Yeah, it's like you know how to play. I mean, I'm better at rock band though. I'm mean, on the play guitar, so <laughs> no shame in it. So, as a teenager, you started writing songs, man. Were you were you writing kind of like any poetry, or were you just writing in a journal? What kind of what kind of made you start writing it, or knowing that these were songs that you're writing well i love one of my first people that i listened to that i was like i started really like appreciating the song for the lyrics is james taylor like i love james taylor and the reason i love him so much is because of when he tells a story with his singing it's almost like you can feel nostalgic for a thing you've never experienced Mm -hmm. so like i'm like 12 13 years old listening to copper line and songs like that and I'm like, why do I like I'm I'm hearing about this place I've never been to, but I'm feeling like all these emotions. And so I was like, oh, I what I love that, like how he can do that. And one of the things I love about songwriting is that sometimes you kind of have to tell a novel with like a very limited amount of real estate, you know. So I love how you have to kind of like you use like a lot of symbolism and like you have to help people get there in their imagination. So that's kind of a long answer to your question, but I, I started out like, you know, writing out little poems and stuff like that. And then trying to put them in music in my head. I love that. No, I, we connected on the James Taylor part for sure, dude. Cause like I started on <laughs> the day my dad sat me down and explained fire and rain to me. I'm like, yeah. what happened? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. And like, then I hear the song, like, cause he kind of explained it. And then I heard the song and then we talked about it again. I'm like, Whoa. I'm like, yeah, just the way you put that story in. So yeah, I was definitely connected on the James Taylor with that dude, and I was always one of my favorites. So yeah, I love he's that. the greatest. Him and Jackson Brown were the two. My dad yeah. I was like Jackson Brown. He loved him, so I was like, all right, amazing. Raised on some good music, so I couldn't complain oh, sure. on that. For I couldn't sure. complain on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that you you started writing young man because uh, you're still right now. When I listen to a lot of your songs, you're writing a lot of heartfelt songs where you're being vulnerable too. Yeah, and. Yeah. I love that. I, I recently listened to your podcast that you did. I was, I think with your wife, uh, yeah. not too long ago. I don't know how long yeah, ago, yeah. a year ago. So you, and yeah. I, I love that, how you kind of put your music into your, like just put your life out there and mm-hmm. you really are vulnerable when you're writing. And 
something I always was like, how uh, I'm trying to read my notes as I get. <laughs> Sorry, you're fine, man. Take your time. But uh, a couple of your songs, uh, you talk like mental health and being close with uh, my grandparents who are no longer here. What was the song? Any more is uh, yeah. That song just tell me a little bit about writing that song. So uh, that's funny. So I have this in the in the in the song. Like I've got this like gold watch I talk about, and this is it sits on my desk as my grandfather's watch, and it's a 50th anniversary gift from my grandmother to my grandfather. And so, like that first part of the 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 song, I wear a gold watch handed down from my grandpa. It's that's all true. And so, like how that came to be, uh, the short version is I was I was finishing a writing session um and about something completely different and i use this as like a timepiece on my desk like it just kind of sits up and it just stopped working and my grandfather passed away a few years ago and when that happened it just kind of gutted me i felt like you know just it just i was like oh man like he's really really gone you know because i had this thing of his and so it's funny how life works because i had this flashback to a conversation i had with him at my grandmother's uh, funeral which is what the second verse is about and he, I remember so distinctly, like he had been a long couple of days for him, you know, all these people coming in and out and he looks at me and he's kind of just smiling. He's at peace. And he's like, I can guarantee you they'll never make another one like her is what he said to me. And I wrote it down. And then when the watch stopped working, I started thinking of my grandfather missing him. And that's how that whole, the whole concept for the hook came to be. And so um, every part of that story is a bit best based to me on the memory of my grandparents. And especially that, like, two, three day window, you know, when my grandmother died and then my seeing your grandfather go through something like that and then losing that person. So like, it's all kind of, that's that little window of time in my life, you know? And that's why I think I got choked up there for a second. When I started talking about Kyle, you put your vulnerability out there and kind of just jarbled all my words. (laughs) Yeah. But I love how you do that. But was it hard for you to put, like when you put these words down to actually put your thoughts out there for people to hear it? And everything like, like that. How how was that for you? Because for me, like I I do a lot of mental health stuff. I talk a lot about kind of like mm-hmm. things I deal with and I go through. But it's sometimes being vulnerable is hard. And for yep. you, when you have these words on a piece of paper, how do you kind of say it's time to kind of release this out there? Yeah, I, th- I think I it definitely is difficult was when you when you start speaking about real stuff with substance to it, because like for example, when you first embark on anything. You know, when you put yourself out there like that, you know, you, there's always going to be people that line up around the block to tell you what you can't do and how hard it is and the odds and blah, blah, blah. So there's that element of it. You've got the vulnerability piece of that, just that you're doing it. And then second, like when you talk about something like hyper personal, like, you know, family thing or a death in the family, but you know, right away that lots of people can relate to it. So it took me, it took me a very long time to make it all the way through that song, be able to like play it live mm-hmm. without like getting all choked up and like yeah. having a really hard time with it. And I still like, you know, like I played that at the Bluebird and I like and I looked up after I was done and all these people were like, you know, wiping their eyes and stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring it down. But um, I think that's we need like, that sometimes, though. Yeah, we do. We definitely need it. And I think yeah. that especially, you know, sometimes guys tend to, you know, be scared of that side of yeah. like expressing yourself in that way. And so I don't know. For me, it helps. Music helps me process a lot of that kind of stuff, like where I can get it out in a song where maybe I would have a harder time just sitting down and talking through it, you know? And and, I mean, and speaking from a fan point of view, too, when when we look at it, we love having that kind of stuff because sometimes there's emotions and feelings that we're feeling and we're like, whoa, 
someone else is feeling the same way or this is hit really close. And sometimes yeah. we need that to help us uh, for another day. Uh, Better Way, a song that I, I'm hoping that we'll get to hear a little, a little bit. Sure. It's a song for me. Uh, I was listening to that the other day. And I'm like, dude, this this guy, just every word of this song, I love this song. I can't believe, like, has <laughs> he got into my life lately and just wrote a song uh, about what I'm going through or what's going on? But I, I love that how you can be vulnerable and put that out there and not be kind of not be worried about what people are going to think or say because there are people that need to have that vulnerability from others. So thank you for that. Well, oh, no, thank you for saying that. And that, I think that is what helps, though, is that like, you know that like you're in it you're in it together like you're in it together you know that like it's hard to have a very unique experience in this life and so it's it's good to be able to experience that with other people and to help them you know walk that path with you mm-hmm. so we before we talk about the 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 part that the, the good tiktok part i want to talk a little <laughs> bit we just mentioned bluebird and yeah. I want you to kind of explain your first day at Bluebird, your your first time, you just got to play May, made yep. your debut at Bluebird. Yep. You hear about it all your entire life. You probably have heard about the Bluebird, or at least yep. for a good yep. chunk of it. Yep. The day you got to walk in that front door, play that place. Tell me a little bit about playing the Bluebird Cafe. Yeah, I just was just, you know, a, one of the, a wonderful day all around. I want to give a shout out to Kevin Mack, who's a great songwriter in Nashville, who I met through social media stuff. And he just reached out to me out of the blue and was like, man, like I just, similar to some of the stuff you were saying, he's like, I'm just connecting with the stuff you're writing, man. Tell me your story. And then he ends up telling me, he's like, oh, no, I have a publishing deal here in town. I'd love to write with you sometime. So we kind of built up a relationship that way. And one day he was talking to me about my goals. And I was like, man, like I would always, if I could play the Bluebird, like Bluebird, Opry, you know, Ryman, like those, those kind of places. And he's like, he's like, I got you. He's like, I, like, cause he's played there a bunch. He's like, you know, he's, I'm basically like a member there and it's very hard to go to the bluebird and play even yeah. one song, much less like get a, a feature like that. So I feel very fortunate and blessed to have got that introduction because he sent them my stuff and they were like, yeah, come on down, you know? So <laughs> yes. I just needed the right ears to hear it. So the whole day was surreal. It was really special. My parents were in town and uh, they came to town for it. And my aunt was there and um, I have some family in Nashville. So um, you know, and there was people there that had come for me, like to have my have my merch on, and it w- it was just really surreal to do it on the stage there. And once you get into it, you're like, oh my gosh, like this is just. And when people are at the Bluebird, what's special about playing a gig like that is that people are there for the song. So when you're singing, it's just the acoustic guitar and stuff, and people are like dialed in on every word, like they're there for the story. Phones out half the time in no. Bluebird. You can't have like, your phones out. Nothing like they have, the, they have the famous love. like rule you know they have that famous the signs everywhere it's like when you're performing and then when you're when you're not like it's very much like a, it's like you're doing half stand-up comedy and half you know but you're you're engaging with the audience i mean they're two feet in front of you it's such a small little place and and i could like the people at the bluebird like we connected right away like the, the lady that runs it her husband's from west virginia so we had that connection right away which really helped me feel at ease and you know kevin was there and, and jacob lida was there so i just had the best night oh, <laughs> you know, i love it yeah. i was like when i saw that pop up when i was doing the research i'm like i gotta ask him about the bluebird because it's always been a dream for so many people to play it so yeah dream very country. very few get to have that dream so i i, I love that you were yeah. fortunate to do it i'm sure you can be back many times <laughs> um yeah i'm I, i'm hopefully i'm hoping to go back uh, later in the fall already which i if i do it twice in a year i don't know i'm gonna like have to slap myself and make sure i'm not dreaming or something but like you know and i'm have hoping you played to, uh, nashville before or was this your first nashville like official gig 
I had played once uh, Nashville for like session work, which yeah. was a magical experience. Like, um, uh, there's an artist named Holly McCreary, and she had seen me on social media. And this is when I had very small numbers. Like, I I didn't have large numbers on social media, but she just like liked my style, and she's like, "Hey, like, if I'm gonna be in Nashville, and just by the way." It's at Jimbo Hart's house at his studio, which he's the bass player for Jason Isbell. And I love Jason Isbell. Mm. And I was like, excuse me? And she's like, yeah, like we'd love to have you come down and just play one song. And so I wasn't going to be in town anyway for a, my cousin's wedding, as I happened to be. And so I go and I show up there. And I ended up, <laughs> I ended up, I ended up staying until 11 at night and I played on eight songs. Like once they, wow. once I got through one and they're like, hey, can you stick around? I was like, oh, heck yeah. And it was like, <laughs> there was like one of his, uh, his Grammy, Jason Isbell's Grammy for, I forget what what album it was, but it was in the room with me when I was recording. So that was my first Nashville experience. <laughs> but then, like, like the and like one almost one year to the day, I was at the Bluebird, like doing my own stuff. Man, so, two for two so far. This guy, yeah, awesome. yeah. special. Are you sure you didn't win that last <laughs> that, that mega billion? Right, <laughs> you didn't like win the Powerball, that man. Anything, yeah. You? <laughs> Damn, dude, with that kind of luck, that's, that's awesome, awesome buddy. Cool. So tell me a little bit about the night before you decide to drop your first video on this app called TikTok, which uh-huh. you've now gained over 800. Am I back now? Yeah, I got you. Okay. That's weird. I, I, I've never gone back to back like that. Let's hope it's <laughs> no more. <laughs> so I, you know why? Because we're only on Facebook and YouTube right now. And I'm trying to talk about the other app. And they're like, <laughs> no. That's why. As soon as you, say, you said that magic word, for sure. For sure. But I'm trying to say is the night before you posted your first video to TikTok, man, tell me a little bit about what brought you to that app or what made, drove you there. I, I had had a bunch of people telling me that like, oh, man, like whatever you do is like, you know, made for this this platform, this like short form video platform. You should do this. And so I had a um, a, a few people tell me that and uh, some people that were like helped me kind of mentor me through some of the music stuff. And they're like, oh, you got to just try it. And so I, I just put a couple of videos up and I started just messing around with it. And I was like, oh, this is cool how you can duet people. And it's like really short. Like at the time, you can do like 40 seconds max or something. So it's like a good challenge to kind of get it out there. So um, and I met I met so many awesome people like through that app, like just so many awesome musicians and producers and friends, like just through kind of the, the grind of making music on yeah. and putting it on there, you know? I mean, it's a great now these days, the way it's become such I, don't, I mean, independent artists could just go to TikTok or go to an app and just yeah. blow up now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. people like Jelly Roll and you can have a yeah. number one song just because of that. And I love that it kind of takes street team to a different level because <laughs> yeah. I remember back in the day handing out cassette tapes and everything exactly. else and doing it that way. And it's just so crazy how it could work now and how you could put it out there. But it's another way. You got to put it out there first and be okay with putting yourself out there. So, but dude. Yes. Yes. And it's, I would say that like the, my strategy from the beginning was, is like, you know, everybody and their mother gets on there with an acoustic guitar and plays songs that they wrote, which I do it too, obviously. But I was like, well, how do I get, like, what is something that I can do that I don't see? I'm not seeing a lot of at the moment. And so I started just being like, whatever, give me any any song, any genre, whatever. I'll play over it on the fiddle. And you probably haven't heard, like, for example, you probably haven't heard like a lot of Tupac with the fiddle or a lot of whatever, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So it, it was it was everything from like hip hop to folk to old country, new country. And so and that helped me meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, probably 90 percent of like 
the the nationally touring artists that I've met and had like music relationships with now have been because I'll cover one of their songs mm. and then they'll be like, oh my gosh, like let's talk, let's chat, you know. And so I've gotten like a lot of session, interesting session work through that kind of stuff and like met some really cool people. So it's you're just gonna, you're gonna mess around and be on the road with somebody it's sooner awesome. or later. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, you're gonna be out there with like Jason Aldean or something out there just yeah, man. out with them, man. <laughs> I love it. It's it's fun. It's definitely I'm definitely having the most fun. That's for sure. Like it's just every day is an adventure, that's for sure. Uh, we we love watching your videos. I think at the the time of me researching for this episode, you're up to eight hundred and twenty thousand. And I do that millions on the edge, dude. You're gonna get it. You're gonna I, get I think it. I'm gonna get it. I think I'll get it this year. I think yeah. I will. Yeah, it'll be there by the end of the year, dude, for sure. I, I love that. What was it? 5.5 million likes. I mean, yep. if you guys are not watching this guy on TikTok, I don't know what you're doing because that is just amazing, dude. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Fast on Memphis. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Well, well we're going to move on to our Powered by Poddex, our sponsored part of the night, where we drew two cards earlier. Number one was, what, motivate, what motivates you to keep wanting to perform and make music? I, I love, like, I love telling stories and sharing it with people. And like, for example, I just, two weeks ago, I played at third and Lindsley with, with Maggie Bond, some friends, like a lot of good music friends, like Katie Offerman, Carolyn Jones, like a bunch of really cool people. A couple of the guys from home free were there. And that was the first time in my life. This has happened live where I was singing one of my songs, better way. I was singing better way. And somebody in the audience, like jumped the chorus and started singing it before i could start singing it and i like almost like stopped playing i was like like that's so cool you know like for me that was like such an interesting (laughs) cool moment you know and that's like that's the drug is like you know when you can see people emoting like or having these emotional responses to your to stuff while you're doing it like that energy back to you like that's where it just like oh that's the thing that just like hooks you in for sure I love that, man. I love that story, too. But the first time I hear somebody sing back, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Our second one that we pulled, pulled, if you can go back in time and change anything about your music career, what would it be? Mm. You know, I used to think, I used to think that, like, man, what if I would have, like, you know, because, like, I did the college band, like a lot of people, and then, like, you know, got married, had kids, did, like, the you know, corporate job, got insurance, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, just life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm super thankful for that path. Yeah. So I used to be like, man, I wish I would have like hit this when it was, when I was like, you know, 23, you know, but then I don't know, like at the same time, like, I don't think there's any mistakes in timing because I feel like COVID was horrible for a lot of reasons, but I think I started doing my thing online by necessity. Cause I made a promise to myself to pursue the music that year. I was like, well, I'm just going to do it online and we'll see what happens. And there couldn't have been a better year to mm-hmm. do it online, like, because that's what helped me blow up. So I don't know. I, I was going to say maybe earlier, but I'll take that back because I don't, I don't know if I would change that now because I feel like the path is the path, you know? 
It maybe I wish I would have kept writing throughout all that time. Like I had like breaks where I just wouldn't write for a long time. So maybe yeah. I would have written more consistently. I like that. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, man. I, about the whole earlier, I just got it back into photography for the first time in like twenty years, and yeah. I'm running around doing a lot of concert photography now, and I, I love doing it. I'm like, dang, I wish I never would have stepped sure. away. I wish I would have just kept at it because who would have known where I would where I would be at or where I'd be doing? So totally get it. Our next two segments are we get a little fun. We get to loosen up a little bit. I picked four songs that I kind of think you might have a little connection with. And so I'm going to play them about five seconds of the song. The first first thing that comes to your mind with this song, we'll talk about for a quick second. All right. Go ahead and play Yellow. So when you hear Nora Jones, man, where does it take you? Don't know why, but any Nora Jones song, man. I know you. I read somewhere you're a Nora Jones fan. I had the biggest crush on Nora Jones. Like when I was like, when I was in college, I was like, man, I thought like, and I, I still like, I still have like a music crush on her. Like I love everything about what she does. Like her voice, you know, puts you at ease and comfortable instantly. And she's like, so obviously very musically talented. And my sister, uh, she had just graduated college and she was working at our music hall. And like Nora Jones was coming through there. And she got me like, so she would meet all the artists, like she'd get them set up in their, their green room and stuff. And so she got me like this beautiful, beautiful signed, like Nora Jones poster to Philip. And I was like, <gasps> like, oh my gosh. So like, that's, that takes me to like that age. I probably when I was like about 19, like crushing on Nora Jones. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this next oh, one. Man. I think you turned me on to this one because I, I read somewhere and I'm like, who the heck is this band? I got to check these guys out. All right. Ooh, all right. Go ahead and hit green. You took the words right out. Oh, mercy. So when yeah. you hear Michigan, Milk Car and Kids, man, where does oh. it take you? Where, 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 what makes you, where does that song take you? I love the Milk Carton Kids. I like how the middle I mean, these guys, there's two guys that just, they just, it's like a modern day Simon and Garfunkel, just two guys and two acoustic guitars. I've seen them live like four times. And it, all four times it was before I really got back into the music stuff. And like that song, Michigan, I heard that when I was moving to Michigan from like Florida through like a happenstance, like my company down there was closing down. My wife was pregnant with our first kid. We're moving to Michigan for this new job. And that just takes me to that time. And like, though, like, man, like I listen to that song and it just like pulls your soul out of you. Like, it's just such a great song. And they're so good at doing so much with so little in terms of like the no drums, no electric, none of that. It's just like two voices and two acoustic guitars. I'm gonna tell you, I, I read that. I'm like, man, I gotta check these guys out. Listen, listen to Michigan first. I'm like, all right, I, I've dug into a few more songs since then. I'm highly like, recommend, all right, man. I'm lucky yeah. these guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, these next two, we're gonna these. New, all right, the next two are gonna be fun ones because they're they're gonna kind of bring you back to your roots a little bit. All right, go ahead and put the one again. So when you hear Brad Paisley, man, where yeah. does it take you, man? Any Brad Paisley, or even this one, when I get where I'm, where I'm going. Any Brad, I mean, Brad Paisley, honestly, I think of like, if you're from a small state like West Virginia, like there's such a sense of place there. Like no, I have no bigger supporters in the world than people from West Virginia. Like, okay. like anytime I've played in Nashville, there are people that have driven from West Virginia for a show that I don't know. And when I think of Brad Paisley, I think of like being, you know, a young musician and like everybody in the state knows everything that he's doing. And we're all so proud of Brad Paisley, like Brad Paisley, Jennifer Garner, people like that, you know, like, oh my gosh, like they, they're from like 
they're from Charleston or they're from different parts of West Virginia. So Brad Paisley, I just think of like, I think of home and I think of just like being, I've never met Brad, but like, I'm just like so proud because I'm like, Oh man, like, and he wears his WV stuff still. So, <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. little, little, little so cool thing to tell you. I, we talked a little bit about my uncle and how he, he's retiring this year. My uncle gave yeah. Paisley his very first job. So oh, that's so cool. he gave him a rotary job uh, playing for like 50 bucks or something like yeah. at a rotary meeting inside his arena. Like when he was like 12 years old and that's the coolest. Yeah. So something that's really cool. Always that they have that. And I love it. All right, dude. This next one is probably a given, but go ahead and hit the next one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So when you hear Country Roads, man, what, what, what's the first memory that just pops in your head? Because honestly, we have so many, you and I both probably, when we hear that song, I think of family, I think of this, I think of that. But there's always a one memory that people just kind of gravitates to. What's yours? Well, you know, even before... Even before like that middle school age, when you're like really cognizant of sports and like what your what your dad and uncles are like sh- sitting around the TV like yelling at, like you, before you even realize what's going on, like I remember that song being special to people. Like um, one of my best friends growing up, Adam Cavalier, his parents had like a huge collection of vinyls, and they had like a forty, like the small little vinyl. I think it was a forty-five of this John Denver album, and. I remember his his dad like loved Dan Fogelberg and then also John Denver. And like, so like I remember hearing country roads and everybody always gave that song like such a reverence, you know, like, and it's so emotional. Like my grandparents would hear it and they'd get all like a little bit choked up and like sing it. And I mean, that's just, to me, it's just like, it's just, it's just cozy. It reminds me of home. You know, it's, it's so special. It reminds me of like Saturdays at Mountaineer field when I would go up there with my parents or my friends and, you know, just just good times for I sure. Love, I love that man. Yeah. So we when we got married, we ended up playing it at our wedding, and everybody from West Virginia, all my family, they absolutely, all got a, they got in a circle around us and did the dance. So that's yeah. my memory now. I love so that. Just I love that. All right. So now we're gonna move on to our hot seats. Ten quick questions. We're gonna try to right. under a minute. It never happens, but we're gonna see the first vinyl you ever purchased. <sighs> okay. So I, I mean, I don't. I remember I bought like, like my, my grandpa had like a huge vinyl collection. Like he was like an old, like jazz fan. And he had this, um, he had this, like, it was like a, it was like a compilation album of songs that were really popular when he was, he was a Marine in World War II. And so like he could play, play piano and stuff. And so like, it was like an old jazz. I don't, I don't even know the name of the album, but I'm, I right. can like picture listening, sitting in his living room with him. And like, he's telling me like the name of this, these songs, like these old songs, like it's a Cinderella line, like all these like old songs I've never heard of. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's like, like all these old piano songs. So like, I think of like old jazz and my grandpa. I love that one. If you had an endless supply of something, what would it be? Uh, instruments. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Who has the best pizza you've ever had? Frank's Pizza, Montgomery, West Virginia. Nice, dude. If you ever get up to Wheeling, check out DiCarlos. Oh, yeah, DiCarlos. I've had DiCarlos. It's dude, good. Oh, yeah, we it's should good. talk about that earlier. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> the strangest good. thing you've ever seen in the middle of the road. <laughs> um, <I don't> <laughs> a, a dead alligator when I lived in Florida. Dead gator. Oh, there you go. All right. The worst day job you ever had. Oh, I worked at a Christmas store called Robert's Christmas Wonderland in Clearwater, Florida, in the Christmas tree room. Nice. What's one thing people buy that you feel is a waste of money? 
Oh man. Well, um, I'm, 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 oh man. I'm, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm like racking my brain. Hold on. Uh, oh, uh, maybe vacation homes because I'm like a, I'm a very, I like to go to some, no, I don't say it because I think that vacation is a waste of money. I love it. No, nobody likes more vacation more than me, but I like to go like different places every single time. Yeah. So I to agree. me, like, I'm like, I wouldn't buy one place. I like, I would feel tied down. I agree. Uh, all right. I, I like that one. That's a good one. What's the song you wish you wrote? <sighs> Fire and rain. <laughs> all right. I love it. Yeah. That one gives me chills every time I think about it. <laughs> What's something on your to-do list that never gets done? Uh, <laughs> like anything that requires me to be handy, like around the house. Like I'm not handy. <laughs> like I tell, I tell my wife all the time. I'm like, listen, I'll sing you a song. Like I, I, rep- <laughs> I replace, <laughs> I replaced this like thing in our shower one time. And like the guy on YouTube was like, this is going to take 60 minutes max. And I did it. <laughs> I did it, but it took me like five and a half hours to do this project. And I was like, this sucks. Like, let's just hire somebody next time. It's not my, that's me. Yeah. Send them over the lawn. Hey kids, 20 bucks. All right. Let's hire somebody. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Our son is eight. He's like, is he old enough to learn how to mow the lawn? Yeah. Get him out there. (laughs) So our last question, and before I I turn it over to you, uh, we get a little bit of music before we call it a night. Um, You've already got to play the bluebird. You got to mm-hmm. do some really cool stuff already in your career. What's something that's still on your bucket list, kind of on your music bucket list that you want to kind of achieve or accomplish, or at least try to get close to? Is it playing the Opry? Maybe having yeah, a I mean, ten. What, what what do you what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've always I went to the old Opry once on a national trip with my family when I was a kid. Like to play a song that I wrote in the circle at the Opry would be like obviously like a dream come true moment for me, that means a lot. Like I just, and especially to do it, like to start independent and get there and do, do it would be life changing for me. Um, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to, I'd love to play something like at Mountaineer field. I think that'd be super cool. Like I've seen, I've seen like Brad Paisley do it and stuff like that. It's so like, that'd be special to me. Cause it's home. You know, I'll, so be, there. Stuff like I'll that. be there. If you do that, <laughs> yeah, you do that. I will be there, dude. Like I got, <laughs> I got WV tattoo right there. If you, <laughs> if you play Mountaineer Field, I'm there. <laughs> Wait, I, pl- I played at Huggins Fish Fry like earlier in the winter, like in February, and I got to meet Coach Huggs and a lot of people from the athletic staff, and nice. they treated us like royalty. It was so fun. So like, I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that mm-hmm. that could happen. No, I love that. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll make a road trip. We'll be there, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Let's see us over there cheering. On. That, that's my hat. I always wear. Wheeling Nailers is the hockey team in Wheeling, West Virginia. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I recognize. That. <laughs> I say, that's, those are my boys. So I love that. Well, man, uh, if it's cool with you, we'd love to hear, yeah. hear a little bit of music. Would you give us a little on the fiddle of Country Roads and maybe yeah. do a better way for us? For sure, I will. Yeah, well, and if uh, I'll, I'll, pl- I'll, no, so I'll play it, and if you uh, any audio issues, just wave at me or something. Let me. Know. Yeah, well, I'll give you the stage, and uh, we'll be back after after you're done with the song. All right, let's do let's do Country Roads first on the fiddle. Thank you. 
There you go. There's some country roads for you. <laughs> Dude, that sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I love it, man. All right. We'll, we'll give you the stage right back for Better Way, buddy. All right. I'm going to switch from four strings to six strings here. We'll sing a little bit of Better Way for you. If you don't mind, tell tell us a little bit of the backstory before you play. I, I would like to know the backstory behind the song. You know yeah, of course. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I wrote this song with my friend Alec Garnica, who is a Detroit <coughs> excuse me a Detroit studio owner and producer uh, from Bright Owl Sound here in Detroit, and he he was the guy that helped me with my first two or three songs that I put out on Spotify, and we kind of had this idea for a song, and we wrote this in like the dead of winter in Detroit. It was cold and miserable and gray. And um, I was thinking a lot about how like, you know, I'm, I that's when I always want to like pull the ripcord and escape and get somewhere warm. And um, I just started thinking about that kind of state of mind where maybe you're somebody that's always feeling restless and you're always kind of looking for a better way and, and things like that. So that's kind of, kind of the perspective of a person that's kind of feeling like that, needing a better way, wanting to escape. And it kind of got some summer vibes and stuff like that. But that's that's kind of the the root of that song. All right, let's do it. All right, this is a better way. I'm cursed with always feeling restless. I'm no good for anxiety. I see the world and I want to chase it. Maybe I don't know what's good for me. I'm exhausted from my dreaming and chasing. And I won't slow down until I can get better. Oh, I need a better way. Oh, I need a better way. Oh, you see me running, running. Hang on a little more, I'll make it better. Yeah. When it's cold, all I can think of is summer. I want to walk down to the beach with you. When we're old, I think we only regret it. If we stay here where the skies won't turn, I'll float on and you can be like my tether. I will not give up, baby, never say never. Oh, I need a better way. Oh, I need a better way. Oh, I see me running, running. Hang on a favorites dude just because thank I, you like I, said, I love the words and how this man it hit this i put it on the first time i ever heard that song just 
hit me. I was like, all right, <laughs> I, like, I love this. And I'm glad that, like, I already had you booked then because I was like, damn, I got to get this guy. Like, oh, wait, no, he's already coming on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Dude, thank you for spending an hour with us tonight of your time, of man. We really, really appreciate having you on. We're huge fans of yours. And like I said, if you play that stadium, dude, we are right there. Because, oh, dude, that would be phenomenal to see you there. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll definitely get there. And I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate the love. It's been super fun. We're going to share everything we can of yours, and we're going to help you get that million, man. You gotta, you're got you going to hit it this year. I know it. For sure. corner for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You have a great night, dude, and we'll, we'll talk soon, buddy. All right. See y'all later. Have a great one, buddy. All right. All right. Bye-bye. That was fun. I had a great time with him. That was fantastic. He was great. Like I said, I've been dying to have this guy on just with the whole West Virginia vibes he was throwing off. And I'm like, the music he he was putting out when I started digging into some of his other songs, I was like, all right, this this, is one of these singer-songwriters that are making the things change in Nashville. He needs to get back down there and and we'll get him on one of our writer's songs one. that'd be be fun to come out there and play a few shows with us oh for sure so well guys if you guys didn't hear we are going to take a couple week break after tonight's show uh we got some audio issues for one that we are going to be working out i'm going to figure out why we've been having these issues last couple weeks uh and then we are going to be coming back and we're going to have two shows in one week and i'm going to tell you september you're like echoing all of a sudden am i echoey let me see why Maybe that'll fix it. I don't know. That's why I don't know why we're having. We've been having audio issues left and right. No, nope. let me take this back out. See, I told you that's why we're going to take that two week break. <laughs> yeah, I don't wait to that. I don't know why I want to. I don't know. So we've been having issues. We do apologize for our audio issues. We're going to get those worked out and fixed and come back here in about two weeks but we are going to have a busy september because we have two live shows we're going to take the show on the road twice in september we're going to go up to lake geneva wisconsin and then where we talked about earlier wheeling west virginia so that's something we haven't really announced yet but we will be in wheeling well no we kind of did announce we'll be in wheeling west virginia at the end of september and then beginning of september we'll be out in lake geneva wisconsin doing a live show so we will let you guys know a little bit more details if and when we get those out so but thank you guys for tuning in tonight. We had a blast. Uh, Philip was amazing. Yeah. Amazing guys. If you guys aren't following him on TikTok, get over there, hurry up because you want to be in one of those first million because dude, he's going to hit it and he's going to hit it soon. I promise you. But uh, thank you for joining us tonight on episode 139 with Philip Bowen, the passion and the drive he has for his music and life speaks volumes. We want to wish Philip nothing but the best and can't wait to see what he accomplishes in 2002 and beyond. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks and take care. The Gain It Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver is brought to you by Arlo Revolution. As we close the book on another chapter, remember, music gives a soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and life to everything. Next week, Aaron connects more melodies and memories with other fans and the artists they love. Thanks for being a part of this musical journey, and we'll see you next time on the Gain It Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver.